and it was hard for me uh, because this was a, a this was new information that was being presented to me. What if you could prevent the most life-threatening diseases with a simple change in lifestyle? Dr. Rizwan Bukhari, a board-certified vascular surgeon and lifestyle medicine expert, shares his journey from treating the effects of chronic diseases to empowering patients to prevent them. As always, the full bio and the links for each of my guests can be found on the website, healthylifestylesolutions.org. Let's get started. So welcome back, Dr. Riz. Thank you very much. It's good to be back. Tell us your story of how you learned about lifestyle medicine and the benefits of plant-based nutrition. I went into vascular surgery because there's a lot of satisfaction in, in, a, in making a therapeutic intervention in someone's life and improving their life. Uh, but very interestingly, a few years back, um, I began to be exposed to the, con- uh, the concept that this disease I treat, the one I treat the most, which is atherosclerosis, was a disease that uh, didn't have to happen. That, that it was a preventable disease. And, and, and that was a concept that's not really well uh, described in our vascular literature. It's not talked about. When we go and train to become vascular surgeons, we, we just assume we have this disease and, and now we're learning how to treat it. Uh, but in that curriculum, there isn't anything about, oh, this disease is preventable. And so therefore, mm-hmm. you could, uh, and the reason that became so meaningful to me is because what I treat is horrible, horrible stuff. By, so, by the time someone gets to me, um, they are on the verge of losing their limbs and they have life threatening problems. Uh, and, uh, these are end of life issues. Um, and they typically have multiple chronic diseases as well, diabetes and hypertension and hypercholesterolemia and obesity. Um, and so the overall health of the patients I treat is not good either. So again, getting back to this concept of, oh, this disease that I treat is actually preventable, uh, that, that had a major impact on my psyche, my thought processes. When I started to realize that this was a preventable disease, I, I did more research and I did more reading and I looked at the scientific literature and the evidence-based medicine, and I was actually quite blown away. And it was hard for me uh, because... This was a, a this was new information that was being presented to me nearly 15 years into my practice and uh, maybe a little more, maybe 17, 18 years into my practice. So uh, I couldn't imagine that I had never been exposed to this before. Uh, and it's, for me, it's some sort of kind of weird, crazy secret that exists out there or something that people don't care to share or, or know about. But uh, basically, uh, it boils down to the fact that the that the risk factors that lead to atherosclerosis are largely lifestyle related. It's basically due to the choices we make in our lives. Um, and so about, uh, you know, current estimates are that about 80% of the disease, the atherosclerosis that I treat doesn't have to occur. Mm-hmm. And so that made me very interested in learning more about these lifestyle choices. I learned about the blue zones that exist around the world and, and the characteristics of those people and how, how they live longer and healthier. And then that led me to the American College of Lifestyle Medicine, uh, which has a very similar philosophy in looking at lifestyle-related issues mm-hmm. and how we can prevent disease and even treat disease through changing people's lifestyles. Um, and, and that had such a profound impact on me that I went and got board certified. I went and studied and learned and then got board certified uh, in lifestyle medicine. 
by the by the board of uh, American Board of Lifestyle Medicine. Um, and so now today, um, I incorporate lifestyle changes as a significant component uh, as what I teach my patients. Um, uh, and 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 you might call these risk factors. And and so yes, I'd always taught risk factor modification to my patients. I really think that's an important part. When our patients come, we don't just operate on them and send them on their merry ways uh, because if they don't change what they're doing, the the disease isn't going to change either. They're just going to be back. Uh, and my patients, I, I, I would, you know, you might call them repeat offenders mm-hmm. uh, because they are, they come back over and over again uh, and they're on my operating table over and over again. And so by teaching them these risk factor modifications or lifestyle modifications, I, uh, we're hoping, uh, to improve their lifestyles, improve their health and reduce their chances of, uh, coming back. Mm-hmm. And very specifically, one of the most important aspects of these lifestyle changes is, is nutrition. Uh, and so that's where I make a, a lot of my focus. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, almost immediately after you, learned all this information, you were, you know, people were inviting you to speak, whether it be at medical schools or at uh, online summits or even here locally. And so you've been very active in sharing what you know. What would you say if we have doctors or specialists listening to this episode that are hearing this for the first time, people in the health professional field? Well, I mean, the first thing I would say is it's not our fault. Okay. We are, we are taught when we go to medical school, we're taught according to a certain model, and uh, we're taught the this Western model of medicine, and in its an acute care model of medicine, and it developed over a hundred years ago. Where at that time, when medicine was you know uh, evolving and improving, we we were developing methods to treat acute problems. It was injuries and acute illnesses, mm-hmm. uh, and so when someone went to a doctor, they were, a therapeutic intervention was given, and patients got better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we might be talking about the flu or the cold or some sort of infection or an injury. Mm-hmm. So, uh, acute, that's the acute care model of medicine and, and it's effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but if you fast forward decades through the last 100 years, our disease processes have changed. Okay. And, uh, so now, uh, diabetes is rampant. Hypertension is rampant. Hypercholesterolemia is rampant. Uh, atherosclerosis is rampant. And these weren't the diseases that that model was designed to treat. These are chronic diseases. These are, these are diseases that develop over the course of a lifetime based on our lifestyle, lifestyle choices. And they've, they've accelerated because of the nature of our society and how, uh, these, you know, very specifically the food choices that we make and what we put in our bodies that have now accelerated these processes. A lot of these, diseases did not exist to this extent 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and so, but the problem is that the, the model that we teach in healthcare hasn't changed. We still, tr- we still teach the acute care model. It's wait for a problem to occur and then we treat it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we wait for hypertension to occur in someone and then the doctor sees them and gives them a pill for hypertension. Mm-hmm. We wait for diabetes to occur, and then we give them a pill for diabetes or insulin mm-hmm. for diabetes. Uh, and we wait for atherosclerosis to occur, and then we do a bypass on it. Mm. Okay. And so that's, we're applying that old standard mm-hmm. to uh, new disease processes that uh, have existed. And so what I think is, to, again, to say it's not our fault mm-hmm. in the sense that we weren't taught 
a different way of looking at this problem. And uh, so I think that the what's and but I do think that there are changes occurring and and recognition is is starting to occur and transition is happening. Um, and, and, and now we're looking at the idea of the, the thought that, well, let's, let's look at a, a medical model where we try to prevent these diseases mm-hmm. and we can teach people lifestyle habits on how not to get hypertension and how not to get type two diabetes. And by, uh, by not getting those things, you reduce your risk of getting atherosclerosis. Mm. So, uh, w- w- what I would encourage my colleagues in healthcare, uh, no matter what branch of healthcare you're in, is to be open to this concept that we don't have to wait for somebody to get sick to treat them. We can try to teach them not to get sick. Mm. Oh my gosh. That, that would be powerful. Um, you mentioned earlier that you became board certified um, as a result of learning about the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. And I just want to share with our listeners that membership grew, uh, how would you say, exponentially from, do you know the numbers? During the pandemic, I think we were at around 2,000 members. And where do you know where we are today? Yeah, I think if I recall, when I became board certified back in uh 2019, 2019 uh-huh. there was about 3,000 members. Uh, and at our last meeting that we went to just a few months ago, uh, my understanding is there's close to 10,000 members. Oh my so I, I, I think there's a growing recognition mm-hmm. uh, that uh, there is a different and better way to approach disease in today's world. Uh, and people are jumping on board. And I think that more and more people will. Um, it does stimulate their interest in not only that, it's hard to refute because it's all based in science. It's all based in evidence-based medicine. Um, uh, the science is is very strong mm-hmm. uh, to show that you can reverse, easily reverse hypercholesterolemia through changes in your diet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can uh, reverse 50 to 80% of type 2 diabetes through changes in your diet. Uh, you can uh, uh, reverse hypertension through changes in your diet. Uh, it's my personal belief that uh, uh, the salt in our diet is responsible for 50% of the hypertension in the United States today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so by just by making one simple change in your diet, you can markedly affect your hypertension. Yeah. And so, I mean, what I would say, though, too, is that, you know, there's a place for Western medicine in managing these, these diseases. But remember, if you're taking a pill for diabetes and taking a pill for your cholesterol and taking a pill for your hypertension, you're just managing those diseases. You still mm-hmm. have them. OK. Uh, and you're still going to uh, experience the ill effects of those diseases at some point down the road. Uh, but by making lifestyle changes and eliminating those diseases, uh, it it creates a different trajectory of your life. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so powerful. And I'm just so grateful that so many more specialists have jumped on board. I like that you're reiterating that the power lies in our hands. And even if we don't have specialists like yourself on board, encouraging us to live this way, at least we are now receiving the tools ourselves so that we can take care of our health. You are what you eat. Is It's a very uh, common term I use. Uh, and so you can take control of your own health by ch- making healthier choices. Mm-hmm. And you don't need a doctor for that. And you don't need a nutritionist for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can start those things today. And you don't need a doctor's approval or prescription to do those things. By making better food choices today, you can start to improve your health. Uh, and you don't need a doctor for that. That's right. 
That's right. If you're interested on getting on Dr. Riss's mailing list and you want to learn more, um, we do have a newsletter. I'll put a link so that you can join it. And then one more thing I want to add is just a reminder for our listeners that you lead a monthly walk here in the Dallas area. Uh, we have a page for that. And you basically, every third Saturday of the month, you walk with a group anybody who wants to come and you start with a 15 minute um, health topic and then you lead people around the area. We walk at least one mile, but depending on the energy and the strength of the group, we can continue walking and you're available to answer questions as well. Yep. Um, uh, yeah. It's a, it's a nice, very easy one mile route. We don't, we don't, uh, we don't jog it. Uh, we take a nice pace where we can walk and talk and you can ask questions and some people go around a second time. Some people go around a third time. Uh, and uh, uh, there's been interest from my colleagues. We have uh, an orthopedic surgeon who wants to join us. We have uh, we have registered dietitians who join us. Uh, we have health coaches who join us. Um, I've got an anesthesiologist who wants to join us. So mm -hmm. uh, you not only have the opportunity to sit and, or walk and talk with me, uh, but other people as well. That's right. All right, Dr. Riz, as always, thank you for joining us today. All right. See you next time. In this eye-opening conversation with Dr. Bukhari, we learned the importance of shifting our approach to disease management through lifestyle changes. With a focus on plant-based nutrition, we can not only prevent chronic diseases, but also improve our overall health and well-being. So what choices will you make today to invest in your health for the future? Here are some recommendations for you today. Consider incorporating a plant-based diet into your lifestyle. Learn more about the blue zones and seek out resources for lifestyle medicine. Also, my friends, if you're interested in getting on Dr. Rissa's newsletter, his link is bit.ly forward slash Dr. D-R-R-I-Z-G-U-I-D-E. As always, my friends, Thank you for being a listener. And stay tuned as Dr. Riz returns next Monday to speak to us about heart disease prevention. All right, my friends, catch you next time.